What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And welcome back in our number two of the program here on Monday. And uh, we will take your phone calls at 508-996-0500. And I could tell you about our concert announcement now because it's after 10 a.m. Or I could take, oh, the phone call dropped off. They must have wanted to know what the concert announcement was going to be. And then when I said that, I will announce it. But anyway, 508-996-0500. If you want to call in and chime in, let me just make sure. That uh, everything is up and able for me to talk about it. As I mentioned, this is a, an artist who we played on the show last week. And uh, somebody who is celebrating their 90th birthday this year. So hold on, let me just make sure that everything's up there for you because I want to tell you about who it is. Okay, okay, it's all announced. I can tell you about it. So we are going to have a win it before you can buy it week this week because the tickets for this show don't go on sale until Friday. They literally just announced it moments ago. Your chance to see the Outlaw Music Festival featuring Willie Nelson, Bob Weir, and Wolf Brothers. It's happening Saturday, September 16th at the Xfinity Center in Mansfield. Again, tickets go on sale Friday. And we'll have something up on uh, WBSM.com later on today with all of the necessary links to be able to get those tickets when they do go on sale. But you can go right now to LiveNation.com and follow along with when they will go on sale. But starting tomorrow, we'll be giving away tickets all week long to go see the Outlaw Music Festival featuring Willie Nelson, Bob Weir, and Wolf Brothers. And again, Willie Nelson turns 90 this year. So, I mean, 
I don't know how many more chances you're going to get to see him tour. He might he might decide to retire at 90. He might say, hey, this this is my last tour. I don't think so. Knowing Willie, he can't wait to get on the road again. So you'll get your chance to see Willie Nelson, Bob Weir, of course, from the Grateful Dead, and Wolf Brothers. Saturday, September 16th at Xfinity Center in Mansfield. We'll start giving those away tomorrow, and we'll be giving them away all week long. So very exciting. Another legend we can give you the opportunity to go and see live. And, of course, we'll have many more concert tickets for you coming up throughout the next couple of months. So why? Because we can. And because we want to reward you and because our friends at Live Nation are happy to help us do that. So, uh, again, that's, that's very exciting for those of you who are Willie Nelson fans and have never gotten to see him live. You will want to try to win those. And I'm sure those of you who have seen him live know that he is well worth seeing again. I have never seen him live. I used to watch when I was a kid. My grandmother really liked his voice. And so he was always on TV. But I remember, like, watching clips of him from, like, the 50s and early 60s when he was a lot more clean cut. And he's, he's definitely a lot different now. He was not somebody that would be leading the Outlaw Music Festival back in those days with his uh, short hair and his, and his suits and his ties. But uh, now he is the definition of Outlaw Country. All right, 508-996-0500. We were talking in the first hour about what happened at the jail on Friday. And as I pointed out, you know, there was, there was some mischaracterization, misrepresentation, misunderstanding, perhaps, of the difference between what happened in the ICE detention riot that happened under, and I'm going to keep using that term, even though Sheriff Harrow has said in neither instance that he consider it to be a riot. That's kind of the colloquial term that I think most people would recognize it as. But if you look at the May 1st, 2020 riot that happened at the Bristol County Ice Detention Center under then Sheriff Hodgson, you know, people are pointing to that and saying, well, when, when Sheriff Hodgson had this happen at, at his, uh, you know, under his watch, the detainees were zip tied and on their knees within 90 seconds. And this thing with Haro, that went on seven and a half hours. And I will reiterate that the ICE incident was not over in 90 seconds. The duration of the event was five and a half hours. That comes from the state attorney general's report. That also comes from the hours worth of videos that we got from the attorney general's office a little over a week ago. And you can see those videos on our YouTube channel at WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. We have them in the story about them being released with the comments from then Sheriff Hodgson and, and now Sheriff Harrow. That event went five and a half hours. Now, it was 90 seconds from the time that the correctional officers went into the unit to regain control. That was within 90 seconds. And I'm not saying that, you know, they, they didn't do a great job in what they did. To get in there in 90 seconds, have everything under control and have nobody really get hurt outside of, you know, Sheriff Hodgson got a little bit busted up earlier. 
But outside of outside of that 90 seconds, the duration of the event was five and a half hours. The duration of the event this past Friday was seven and a half hours. And again, I don't know how much time from the time they moved in to when they had them in zip ties and on their knees. But it, it didn't seem like very long based on the, the Channel 5 chopper footage. And again, I'm not criticizing the job of anybody involved in, in, in either one. I'm just saying it's a misrepresentation to say, well, Sheriff Hodgson had it all, all over in 90 seconds. No. He let it go for five and a half hours before those 90 seconds, just as Sheriff Haro let it go seven and a half hours. Well, I, I shouldn't say that because they took, they took control of one unit and then a little while later they took control of the second unit. And as Sheriff Haro said in his comments on, on Friday, you know, one unit of the two that were riding had a lot more going on in it than the other one. And this was because the inmates did not want to be moved to a lockdown facility in order for suicide proofing to be done in their non-lockdown area. You know, the, the, the unit itself is locked, but the individual cells are not because they don't have toilets in them. But as Sheriff Haro said, they were planning on doing this anyway. Those were going to be the units that they started with, putting those in because those are the ones that needed them. So this is kind of just up the need to get those done faster. And he did say he was going to be reaching out to the legislature to try to get approval for the funds that are needed. Now, $1.3 million, I believe, of it. And, and the plan would have been different had they not caused more damage. But $1.3 million of it is coming from the canteen profits of those units. So the money that he wanted to use to put the toilets into those units, it's not coming from taxpayer money. It's coming from the profits generated from the canteen for those units. So now he's going to have to ask for, you know, some, some taxpayer funds in order to, A, get this done faster and, and you know, I don't know how much of the, he said between $100,000 worth of damage, I don't know how much of that they can absorb as part of this plan and, and see if that can come out of that $1.3 million or if it's going to come out of taxpayer dollars. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You were on WBSM. Hey, Tim. Good morning. How you doing? Hey, but um, with the two differences, didn't uh, Sher did the sheriff call in the, the state troopers and all that for help or wasn't it uh, in-house, taken care of in-house? I don't know. I, from, from what I saw in the videos and in the report, it was his own staff. Yeah, so there's the big difference right there. Well, uh, the, the, I mean, the big difference is he had more staff then, and they had less yeah, well, people to deal with. I mean, I remember last time I had called, uh, we had gone back and forth about uh, the de-escalation techniques. And when, you know, I had said that when, in his own words, uh, once they, the detainees didn't comply, they were authorized to go hands-on. And... Uh, you know, he was talking about de-escalation. Well, here's the point. 
this is what happens, de-escalation. It doesn't work the way, like, you had planned it. It's all good to do a training on something and, you know, and here's the protocol. But when you're actually going through the situation, it's a completely different animal. And I think that we've seen this hands-on. Like, you know, like, this is, you know, it's great to talk when you're not there, but it's easy to play Monday morning quarterback and However, when you're in the situation, you know, throw that manual out the window because you're, you're taking it step by step, moment by moment. And I think that's what we've seen with the riot over, uh, over last week. Well, and if you do if you do that, if you throw the manual out and take it in the moment, you run the risk then of going against procedure and protocol and having to answer for it. I mean, I'd rather um, answer for not going against protocol than having my family go to a funeral. I mean, that's, that's that's a little bit extreme. I don't know about that. I mean, you're talking about 17 inmates. I thought it was funny. And here's why I really called in. Like, I know uh, Sheriff Faroe is going to put out the videos and all of that today. But is that what we're doing now? Well, I, I don't know if it'll be today. Yeah, well, I know they were talking about it. But is that what we're doing? Like, why does this guy have to answer because people just want, like, answers right now? Like, I, and I know he kind of has to do it somewhat because, you know, during the, Wait, the election. So, so hold on. So you want to publicly question what he did in this situation, but you don't want him to release the footage that would explain what he did in this situation. No, 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 not at all. What I'm saying is, like, in now he feels as though he has to, like, here we are, like, on Friday, for example, he called into South Coast tonight, and it's like, why does he like why does why should he have to answer when before he has any of the facts right he just had a long day seven hours or whatever of going back and forth with that nonsense what, what, what are you trying to characterize him as doing here he called in because they asked him to call in and he waited until he had the details before he stepped in front of the media and gave it to them actually he didn't have the details because if you go back and listen to the phone where he's talking about someone, uh, one of the COs brought in a phone, he doesn't even know whose phone it was or whether the individual was male or female. Shouldn't you know that? You just went through a riot. They, they just broke protocol, policy, and procedure, and you so, don't know. So that's what you're going to zero in on, uh, out of how the whole thing no, was handled. No, that's no, what no, you're going to no, zero no. in on. Why don't you yeah, just admit you're just looking for something to, to point gotcha at with this guy? No, not at all. That's not what I'm saying. I'm trying to say, like, why does this dude, after, like, literally leaving a riot, why does he feel as though he has to explain himself to anybody? Because that's his job. That's what he's yeah, there but for. It's, but it's not. But it's not his job. His job is to figure out what the hell happened and why it didn't, why it, uh, and how it can't so, happen so, the next so time. So what happened? So, so, so on May 1st, 2020... No, on May 1st, 2020, did Tom Hodgson not contact the media? Was he not on this radio station not very long after that happened? And that's my point. Why? Do, like, that's what I'm saying. He shouldn't have to, just like Haro shouldn't have to. He should be focused on making sure that this doesn't happen again. I mean, he explained himself this way, and go back and listen to it. He said that the reason why the riot happened was because the doors on the cells weren't locked and because there was wasn't toilets inside that's of the, not what he said was the, the reason why that it happened what he said go back and listen i to listened it again. to it i just listened like, to it live like i went through it time. to write the story i wrote just, the freaking story about it just, 
okay, so go listen to it, South Coast Tonight, on the podcast. I, I, everybody go listen to it. And this is what happened last time. You said that they will go back, and I did go back and listen. And, I and was so correct. did I, and, and I so, was correct, so not saying, you. So go back and listen, and he said that the reason why the riot happened was because the cells weren't locked and there wasn't toilets in the, in the cells. And then in the same token, he said that the reason why they didn't want to go to the facilities where they were going to bring them was because the doors were locked and there was toilets in the cells. No, it was because they were no. afraid they would be placed in lockdown, even though they were telling because them that they wouldn't the, be. Because the cells were locked and because there was toilets in the cells. So they rioted because the doors weren't locked and there was toilet in the cells. And then the reason why it happened so we should, was because they So just throw out his plan to put toilets in those cells because there'll just be riots that's every day. Not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is... There's a, I don't think like, you know what you're he, saying. I don't, I don't feel as though like he has to come out and just start... Like, this is what happened, blah, blah, blah. It wasn't even an hour before he just said he just left the facility. Like, find the facts, man. Not only him. I'm talking about everybody in general. Everybody's in a race to point fingers and shit like that. Let's get the information. All right. I, and the I, facts I'm, I'm going to hold you there because you dropped one, and I got some other calls. So thank you for the call. Um, you just got to be careful with the language that you use. And obviously, we were getting nowhere in that call anyway, and I have other callers that want to get through, and I gave them enough time. Not cutting him off because I'm disagreeing with him. I will firmly say right now I'm disagreeing with him. But it was it was that slip. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Yeah, hi, Tim. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Obviously, that, that previous caller doesn't understand uh, the role of the sheriff in terms of having to speak to the media and let the public know. But well, that, I, I, no, I, I understand his point. I understand his point of, of, of not not speaking until you have all the facts. But, no, I get that, But too. also, but, you have to speak because people want to know the information, so you give them the facts that you have at that time. Absolutely. But here's a, here's a point that I think we're, we're not speaking about that is very, very important, and that is the, the current sheriff, uh, as you know, you know, they found $1.6 million, uh, and he's going to use that money to secure that, those two units and uh, put in toilets and lock doors. What I find uh, unconscionable is, is that over the last 25 years, in, under Sheriff Hodgson's watch, uh, he knew that those doors didn't have locks and toilets. And all that time, all the money that was coming in from the inmate canteen funds, okay, where was that money going? No, so I but wouldn't. It, it, I, I wouldn't characterize the the lack no, no, of. What I, what, no, no. What I'm trying to say, maybe I'm maybe I, I'm I'm saying it wrong. But what I'm trying to say is, for the 25 years that that facility was under Sheriff Hodgins' watch, at no time did they even attempt to put in toilets. Well, but for a reason. Okay. And no, 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 no reason. Let me no, tell you why. Cause no, I'll, as a, I'll, as a, all right. Well, I'll tell you the reason why previous, when you're done. Well, as a previous employee of that place, I can tell you uh, that n never was any money allocated to do this. Okay. Now, all of a sudden, Sheriff Peru comes in and in his $1.6 million in that account. And I can't think of a better way to use that than, than what, he's, what he's attempted to do for the safety of the officers, for 
for the safety of the inmates, okay, so that they can have some privacy if they behind locked doors where they're not, uh, you know, involved with any alleged, you know, conflicts with rapes or with assaults because the doors do lock. So let me okay. let me then let me rephrase then. So what what I was going to say was there wasn't a need to do it because there there wasn't going to be the closing of Ash Street. This is being done in order to close Ash Street. But so now, let me just rephrase the way I would have put that then from somebody who was there and and yep. experiencing it. Then what you're saying is it doesn't matter if Ash Street was there or not. There shouldn't be an a, a, a facility. There shouldn't be a housing unit on the campus where there isn't the ability to lock down. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely, and, okay. and you just hit the nail on the head. And and with that, okay, uh, people are forgetting there was a riot in two thousand and one, Easter Sunday, mm-hmm. okay, where they held hostages. And and as a matter of fact, there's, some of those correction officers never even came back to work, okay, due to that unforeseen circumstance. I mean, it, it, and that was and I, that was a couple million dollars. But I'm not. I don't want to dwell on the past. All I'm saying is, when they built the jail. Okay, they 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 shot changed a lot of things to get that thing built. You should never ever ever have cells without locks or toilets in them. But they, they cut corners, and and when Sheriff Nelson took over, okay, uh, he's the one that had that jail built, uh, and then obviously Sheriff Hodgson took over after him. Now, over the last thirty years, my point is, even if you did, you know, five cells at a time. <laughs> and put toilets in five cells or locks. You know what I mean? Uh, over over 25, 30 years, those two housing units would have been equipped is, can, to, can, to have locks and, 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 and you know, uh, toilets in them. Can I, can I ask you a question? I think, we, is, I, think that, I think that ball got dropped is what I'm trying to say. Well, l- let me ask you, do you think that there may be a psychological advantage to having uh, a, a unit like this in which there are no toilets and they have an open door to their cells so they can go out and use the bathroom? Is, is that a way that might make make the inmates, the detainees, the people who are held there uh, feel a little bit better about their situation? Is that is that the reason why they might have done it, or do you feel it was only no, just to cut corners? It was an economical reason back in the day. It had to do with funding, and it had to do with, you know, what are you going to do, how are we going to build? You have to remember, Sheriff Nelson, all he had was Astry, okay? There was no you know, experts, so to speak, in terms of the sheriff's office back then, when you were building a new jail, who could make recommendations and who could follow up certain things that needed to get done. All I'm trying to say is through time, okay, uh, I'll use the 2001 riot as an example, okay? You had a riot there 30 years ago almost, 20, 23 years or 22 years ago. You would think then maybe some measures would have been taken to put locks on the doors. And here we are 22 years later, and there's still no locks and toilets on the doors. So I, I find it very, very, you know, I think Sheriff Aru, to take that $1.6 million and to do this is to help not only the officers but the inmates to live in a safe environment, okay, and for the officers to have control of that environment by having – Locked doors and doors, and so I—I I don't think people can appreciate uh, how difficult it is to supervise inmates in a setting where you can't control them from coming in and out of a cell, and and especially when you have a disturbance in a, in another cell, okay, maybe six, seven, you know, feet away, these people can come out of their cell and, and get involved in it, and it, it's 
it's very difficult for the officers to maintain order when you're constantly battling an inmate's coming out. Oh, listen, we're in lockdown. You can't come out. I got to go to the toilet. And you can't stop them. And that's the, that, and they know that. The inmates aren't stupid. You know, they, they know you can't deprive them of going to the toilet. So they come out. And, and it's just a bad situation. So I think it's very critical that Sheriff Aru put these toilets in that, in that, in those housing units because, um, it, it, it's just, I don't think we're talking about that enough. And that's, you can't keep order if you can't have control. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying you got to lock them down 23 hours a day. Not at all. Okay. It's just that when things do go a little bit bad, you need to have that kind of security so that you can maintain order and isolate things and de-escalate things. Uh, you can't de-escalate when you know, got 70 inmates coming out of their cells at their will. No, you know, no. and, and, and the reason, just so you know, also Tim, the reason people like to go to Ash Street, and it's and it's it's pretty much uh, what they want to do when they when they get because they've been in and out. Most of these people are, are repeat offenders. They go to Ash Street. They get their own cell. Now I don't know about you, but if I had to go to jail, yeah, no, I wouldn't want a roommate. Yeah, no, I no. want my own cell. If, if I'm going you to jail, I, mean? I want to be alone. Yes. I want to be alone, and that's why they go to Ash Street because they, 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 you know, they'll come up with fictitious things like "I've got enemies" in, in diamonds, or "I'm in a gang," and and this is the gang. And a lot of it is is not true. Some of it is. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of it isn't because they know if they say the right things, they could get moved there and uh, be in their own cell. And 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 you know, it's. It's, it's a lot better as an inmate if you're in your own cell than you have to live with somebody, you know, who could have issues. And, and without getting into everybody's personal lives, you know, they, they could be, you know, a former drug user where they, you know, detoxing or they could be a, you know, HIV person. They could be, sure. they could be, you know, a myriad of issues. And, and, you know, and it's very difficult to classify people in those settings. So I, I think... Through the whole ordeal, I think if we've learned one lesson, we've got to lock those facilities up in terms of the locks and the toilets to prevent something like this happening in the future. Not to say things can happen, but they certainly wouldn't happen to the magnitude in those two units if the cells were locked. Sure. You know what I mean? That's all I'm trying to say. uh, No, I I appreciate that, and I appreciate the insight. Yeah, everybody needs to understand that is very, very difficult to control uh, those types of people without without having the resources to lock the, the doors and all. You know, I use the classroom as example in school. You know, you get a kid that disrupts the class. You know, you can't put your hands on him. Obviously, you can't physically move him, and you you know you get him out of the classroom. Sometimes it, it goes bad in the classroom. You've seen videos of right, students yep. assaulting teachers. I mean, it, just think of that setting. In, in the jail setting where you can't control, you know, 70 inmates because they have the access to leave that cell at any time they want. So I, I think that's something that the public needs to really focus on. And, and, and I think Aru's doing the right thing, spending this 1.6. And hopefully the state maybe will kick in some money to get this on a fast track uh, for future correction officers and, and staff and, and even inmates. You know, I, I don't want to slight them at all because sometimes these people go to jail and, they, they, they do their time, they, you know, they model inmates, and, 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 and sometimes they're assaulted because we can't provide them with that protection. 
Sure. I just got to hold you. I got to hold you there because I'm up against the break. But I thank you for no the call. And, I just and, no, I, I appreciate it so much. Okay. Have, Have a, good a good day. day. Yeah. See, that's that's important is to be able to get that that insight um, and to understand better. You know what what that rationale is. So you know, as as he said, it was it was to cut corners. I thought maybe there's a, you know, a psychological aspect to it to say like, well, you're not as incarcerated. You know, like a lot of these folks are awaiting trial. It might be a different story after you're serving. If you you know, and, and as we know, these are folks who are getting two and a half years or less. Um, I do have to take a break, but one caller has been patiently waiting, so I'm going to try to squeeze them in. You're next on WBSM. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? Uh, very- very good discussion. I just wanted to bring up uh, a couple of points. That last caller brought up a bunch of points, and some of it was accurate, but some needs to be clarified. Uh, you made the point about the locks on the doors being, you know, part of a program uh, or theory based on, you know, inmates could come and go as they please without the assistance of the correction officers within that unit, and as opposed to cutting corners and, you know, reducing the amount of toilets and showers and that type of stuff necessary. And I think, you know, back when that prison was, uh, when that jail was built, it's a little of both. Uh, the, the advocates for the inmates and the, in the, in the brain power of corrections thought that, you know, this prison's all over this country built with uh, no locks on the doors so that, and it is part of the program and it is part of the theory where, you know, they give the better behaved inmates with the internal classification system uh, where they're, it's designed to where they can come and go without any officer assistance. Uh, but there is probably some also that, uh, you know, I've worked in prisons all over the state where, where I'm sure uh, monetary value uh, when building the prison uh, also took effect and they designed units that didn't have locks on their doors for money purposes. But uh, I just wanted to clarify that, that you're, you're both right. Um, that is a philosophy in, in American corrections. Well, I, I don't, uh, I don't know much about about uh, Dave Nelson and what his philosophies were about incarceration, but I've got to guess that Sheriff Harrow is, is is probably more progressive in in his in his philosophy. So if he's saying there needs to be locks on the doors and toilets in the cells, and you know, I, I think that it's you know less about philosophy and more about practicality. Yeah, let me ask you a question. It, I thought that the issue was that they were going to replace. Uh, a couple of words I've heard, too, where there's no such thing as suicide proof. It's uh, suicide resistant is the best yeah. uh, description of it. And, and I thought it was just the bunks. They were putting in bunks. I, I didn't think that they were putting in toilets and doors. No, so, so the toilets and the doors weren't something they were doing now. From my understanding, that, that's not what they were doing. It, you know, that's happening soon, but it wasn't happening as part of this. As Sheriff Harrow said, they were going to have to get moved out eventually anyway to do those things. I think what they were doing is they were working on the bunks, and I think that they were trying to do a couple of other things that they're probably just not going to tell us about, um, because as he said, they're not they're not making all of those 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 steps public. But this was probably, you know, some of that stuff, the easy stuff that they could have gotten done in a day and then moved everybody back. So I think that that was kind of the idea of it because they weren't going to start a project on a Friday that was going to, you know, take many days, right? You're, you're assuming, I would assume that you're going to get it done in that day. So, but yeah. the problem was, as he said, the rumors started to spread that they were putting them into these locked facilities and that they would, these these facilities that would lock down individual cells and that that would happen. And, and as he was saying, the staff was trying to reassure them, like, we're not doing that. It'll be exactly as it is here until we move you back. But of course, you know, they, they use that as, a, as an opportunity to, uh, uh, to kind of air some other grievances. Yeah, let, one other thing I'd like to clarify and just, just 
just say too that 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 canteen money is called inmate benefit or inmate welfare fund and i will tell you that there's strict guidelines on that by the state and that is scrutinized and it has to benefit the inmate population uh more than the taxpayer i can tell you that you know i i, I heard some comments about oh they found the 1.6 million well you know, I'm sure that money was always there, and yeah, I don't think it, it was missing. It, no, and it's used it's used to benefit the inmates. All right. Well, I thank you for the call. All right. Have a great day. And uh, callers, hang on because I do have to take a break. What I'll do is I'll um, I'll mix two breaks here together so we can have some time to talk to you when we come back. Stay tuned. We'll have more in just a few moments. All right, callers, hang on. We're going to get right back to you, I promise. Uh, before we do, though, I just want to let everybody know, last week I took the chance to go to visit the showroom for Precision Window and Kitchen uh, at 1111 Cushion Avenue in New Bedford. I went by there to see what was inside, to see, you know, because I've driven by many times I've seen. Unfortunately, I'm usually here until they're you know, until they're closed, so I haven't had a chance to get in and stop in and and talk with everybody over there. So I stopped in, saw the inside. Not only do they have all kinds of great stuff in there for you to look at to have installed in your home, but they've they've even got a bunch of like different tools and materials that you might need. So if you know you're looking for a tape measure, if you're looking for a handsaw, some of these little things that can help you with some of these projects, they've got some of that as well. And I thought that that was everything that they had. But then Joe took me in the back and he showed me what they have in store at Precision Window and Kitchen, what they have in-house. They have everything that they need to rebuild your cabinets, to put in new windows, to put in new screens, to put in new doors, to do full remodels, to do just little tiny repairs. They can do it all right there in their shop. That means you don't have to wait for them to get something ordered. They don't going to say, well, you're going to be without a window for four or five days while we wait for it to come in. No, they're going to take your broken window out. They're going to bring it back to the shop. They're going to cut the glass put it in. They can do the double pane glass right there. They don't have to send it out to anywhere. And then they're going to be able to bring it back to your house and install it. What does that mean? That means it cuts down on the time that you have cold air coming in. It cuts down on the time that you don't have that protection against the elements. And it cuts down on the time that you have to have all that outside noise coming in as well, right? You want to be able to close the window when the neighbors start yelling. So they can make sure that that can happen as quick as possible. In fact, all the other guys in the area, they go to them to get the materials. So why not just cut all that out and go right to Precision Window and Kitchen in New Bedford. They've got everything that you need to have done in your home right there. And if it's not there, they've got another area in the city, another storage area in the city where they have even more stuff. It's amazing. They showed me where they build the cabinets. Then they bring them to your house ready to install them. It's incredible. So check them out. PrecisionWindowandKitchen.com. PrecisionWindowandKitchen.com. Uh, let's see. I can squeeze in this call here before I got to take the next break. Good morning. You are next on WBSM. Good, good morning, Tim. How are you? You know, uh, would you classify what, what happened as a disturbance or a riot. So I know Sheriff Haro said not to use the term riot. I think any time inmates act up and act out, that would qualify as a riot in in my opinion. But I don't I don't right. know if there's like a technical definition that they have to use in in, in yeah, the reports well, they file. Technically, yeah, it, it's uh, it's a riot. You had to call in Plymouth, Barnstable, Suffolk County, a SWAT team with a canine unit. It went on for five and a half hours. You had Channel Seven with uh, the helicopter Sky Ranger. Flying overhead. Well, then would you call what happened at the ICE Detention Center a riot? What happened at the, on 2020? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was squashed. No, that they went on. Attack, it, 
they yep. they use their tactics to squash it. It went on for Except five. In and this case, this went it, on for five and a half hours. No, the ice one went on for five and a half hours. I thought you said what happened on Friday went to five and a half hours. No, so at seven you said no, five and a half. No, no, May first, twenty twenty was five and a half hours. This this one this was one, about seven and a half. But there were there were two units too. So they got one unit under control. And then like I don't know, I don't. I'd have to look at the tweet where it would have the times. But then they got the first unit under control, which I believe was the one that was you know less less riding was happening, and then they got the other one under control a short time after that. What, so uh, I'm hearing that the cause of the riot was because of the toilets being installed in each cell. No, that's uh, not the know, cause some, of the riot. The cause no, the of the same. riot from Sheriff Haro was that they were moving the inmates out of that facility in order to uh, add some suicide prevention measures, and the inmates didn't want to go to a facility that was locked down. Well, aren't they going to install toilets in all of the cells? They're going to anyway, yes. That's what I'm telling you. Yes, no, no what, no, no, what you're telling me what? is that the inmates rioted because they were putting toilets in the cells, and that's not accurate. Well, that's that's part of it, but the ACLU... It's not part of it. Well, that's your opinion. It's not my opinion. It's per what Sheriff Haro told the media. Well, that's what he said, putting a spin okay, on so, yeah, so you're just going to believe what you want to believe, despite what somebody else tells you. Well, you believe everything people tell you, uh, Tim. People <sighs> call you on the phone, you don't believe them. Well, I certainly don't believe that you, that you have some sort of inside information the sheriff doesn't have. Well, it's not. Uh, this what I'm not inside information. That's what I've been hearing on different new, news outlets, according according. Well, then uh, they're incorrect in their reporting. I'm hearing too that part of it has to do with the toilets in there because some years ago the ACLU got involved when Sheriff Hodgson was there that uh, they had to unlock the cells so the inmates could walk down the corridor and go to the restroom, and uh, ACLU said too that. They couldn't have cameras, so they had uh, Sheriff Hodgson at the time had to take out the cameras, and they had to have uh, the inmates go to the restroom because the ACLU put up a stink about it. So I mean, God, uh, like God forbid should people should up. be allowed to use the restroom when they need to use the restroom. Well, what I'm saying is the ACLU said they could get out of their cell and go down to uh, the restroom. But look at look into the ACLU and the big stink that they uh, they had uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, to go through. I'm, I'm aware of it, but that's not what the reason was for what went on. They didn't want to be moved out of the unit on Friday for these suicide prevention measures. The the toilet stuff was coming afterwards. That was not coming on Friday. You honestly believe that they uh, they put up a big ruckus in the prison no, because they, uh, because of suicide prevention measures? No, because that, that, they that, thought because I, they I, thought. Don't, don't, because they thought that being moved to another unit meant that they were going to be placed in lockdown. Uh, that this that story doesn't drive with me. That's all. That's my opinion. Well, I, I don't buy that right. story. Well, that's okay. I, I, right. that's, right, I can Jim. only tell you. I can only tell you what we were told. Right. What I'm saying is, we all have to believe. Whether each individual has to say to themselves, "Do you believe it or not?" I'm saying this. There's not enough meat on that bone, you know? There needs to be did, more. Did you believe everything what? Sheriff Hodgson told you about that situation? Do I believe everything that everybody tells me? Absolutely not, including right. Tim. Then, then fair enough. All right, Tim. All Have right. a good day. You as well. That's the thing. There's a, There's been a lot of misrepresentation of what was said. You don't have to believe what was said, but I'm going to tell you what was said. And I know what was said because I listened to the press conference. I wrote the story. I listened to the South Coast Tonight appearance twice. So I can tell you what Sheriff Haro said, which is that the rumors started, you know, and you know how it works. You know, they can tell you all you want, but the rumors, the rumors are going to outlast the truth. 
mean, you only got to listen to talk radio for a few hours and you realize that that's the case in society. And so in this particular case, it turned into they were trying to tell them we're going to mo- we're going to remove you for a little while to, so we can do these suicide prevention measures that the the 17 instigators of this started these rumors going around that you're going into these locked cells and you're not coming back. Like this this is what's happening. And my guess is that's the same thing that happened with the ICE riot that those detainees thought once they went into the general you know, the regular housing units, they weren't coming back to their ICE detention center, which was a lot more relaxed than what an actual jail would be. So what happened here is the rumor starts spreading around that we're not coming back from the situation, so don't go. And so they opted not to go. And, the, you know, they, they, they fought the order to go. Um, I do have to take a break and I don't want to I don't want to miss it. So we'll take a break. We'll be back in a few. Right, we do have another break. We have to take here if we can squeeze in some more phone calls before the end of the hour. We will. So callers, hang on. We may get to you. If not, when we come back for turning on the light with Jack Spillane, I'll make sure that we still uh, get you in at the beginning of that segment. I don't want anybody to miss their chance here just because, you know, we've we've gone a little bit long. We'll be back in a few moments. All right. We have about two minutes left. So I'm going to take this call. Good morning. You are next on WBSM. Hello, Mr. Weisberg. How are you? Oh, good. How are you? All right. What's on your mind? Okay. So, you're saying that the prisoners didn't want to go because they were going to be in lockdown. So, lockdown means they don't leave their cells. It's not like where they are right now. That's that's what uh, Sheriff Rose said, that there were rumors circulating that that was going to happen. No, what I meant was the lockdown. Is it different than what they where they are now? Yeah, right now they have the ability to, to leave their cell, to use the bathroom and general areas oh, and things okay. like that. I don't think they should. I think they should be in lockdown all the time. Well, not not all of these people are convicted of anything yet. Well, then the ones that are convicted, they shouldn't. They should be in lockdown all the time. As soon as you're convicted of it, you're guilty of it. You should be remain in your cell. No privilege to walk around in the hallways. No, you're not going to jail for that. You're there to be punished. You don't feel that one one offense is different than another offense. If you're in, don't break the law, Tim, and you won't be in jail. That way, if they do make it out and they are released, they're not gonna go back. They have it too easy, and I think you know that. I, I, I don't think anybody that's locked away and has their freedoms taken away has it easy. It's not supposed to be easy. You're missing my point. You're in jail. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.